0: Up, NHL fans. It is Thursday. This is Morning Cup of Hockey alongside Kobe Cohen. I'm Johnny Lazarus. We got a great show today. We're going to talk about the Chris Tanev trade last night, which Kobe may have called on the show yesterday. He didn't say exactly when it was going to happen, but he had a feeling that Tanev would go to Dallas. Then we're going to talk about Elias Petterson being what you want to say something already? You want to cut me off already? Go, go ahead. On. Finish your intro. Man. About Elias you you pa- need to you learn how to, to say something. You, you need can't to learn yourself. how
1: to push through sometimes. Don't Don't be such an easy target. You can't help yourself. Johnny. We're going to talk about Elias Petters being
0: close to his eight-year extension. Then we're actually going to go into something that I feel like might take up most of the show, which is the most improved player in the NHL, not in the last year or so, but in the last maybe two to three seasons, someone who's really uh, broken out. So we got a lot to get into today. Um, and yesterday was very eventful. This whole week has been a pretty wild week with the show, so I'm excited to see where today's episode goes, and we've already been debating like for an hour before going live here, so we've already done our show, essentially, today. Now we're just doing it uh, while we're recording, so uh, this is going to be a lot of fun, but what did you want to say before you actually respectfully did not cut me off like you usually do? You cut yourself off, and then you blamed me,
1: so you're just already playing You literally, you're like, You're, you're already playing the victim and we're not one minute into the show. Like just (laughs) keep talking, talk over me.
0: All right. What's up beast.
1: (laughs) I didn't, I didn't exactly call the Tanev trade. We were talking about Dallas yesterday and you know, we were looking at the game against Colorado um, and you know, we were just I was talking about the weaknesses that I saw on their back end, their depth. Um and I said, you know, as we were kind of running through their top six, I, I definitely mentioned that I thought um, Hanev would would help their decor. I thought he he would be a really good target for them if they could find a way to make that work. Um, and they did. So well, let's just do a quick little rewind from yesterday and, and then we'll get into the trade and, and, um, you know, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on it, Johnny. I'm dying to hear your thoughts. Dallas is decor. Okay. Yeah. Harley Haskinen, Lindell, Hockenpah, Suter, Hart, um, and Hanley. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think they need to go out and make a move defensively. Like I think their decor it is not deep enough. Okay. I really do. I don't think you're getting good enough play out of, you know, that bottom four, you know, I know Harley plays up on that top pair with Miro Haskin in. Okay. That's fine. Um, But like, you know, Lindell's gotten a little bit older. I still think he's very serviceable. I really do. Mm. hockenpop Nils
0: M- Longquist played pretty good for them. He's been hurt. He's perfect. been
1: in and out with injuries and he's been inconsistent, Nils Lundqvist. He really yeah, has. You know, he's, yet to, weak. he's yet to really become a consistent top four defenseman in the NHL. And then you've got Suter has been around and Hanley who, you know, I feel like if there's a weakness on Dallas, it's not in goal and it's not up front. I think their decor could use some support. Um, you know, maybe they look looked at a guy like Tanev. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe, I mean, he would certainly help, you know, add a little bit more... Uh, juice and kind of two-way play, physical play, speed. Even I think it's a little bit of a
0: slow defensive core. You just love watching yourself right now.
1: You're I fired up from that, as you very well know. Watching yourself do anything on playback is always horrifying.
0: Yeah, it's a little cringe, but
1: I uh, think for you know. because you have so many bad takes.
0: Well, you know it's funny. Last night, Julie Stewart Banks she she recorded me watching uh the guy Dino Dangle do his YouTube review on your Barzaltic. and it was it was pretty funny. To his she,
1: eleven, to his eleven viewers, probably. She,
0: she literally recorded me watching myself, basically, even though it was really about him and you. But uh, just to go over the trade, um, here here's the full trade with details to Dallas: Chris Tanev, seventy five percent retained, and Cole Brady, who is currently the UMass Amherst backup goalie, uh, to Calgary. 2024 second round pick Artem Grushnikov and a conditional 2026 third round pick 50% of Tanev's money to Calgary or stays with Calgary and then to New Jersey the Dallas 2026 fourth round pick 25% of Tanev's money there and uh, Frank Sarabelli added the condition is only transfers if Dallas goes to the Stanley Cup final so a lot of different things to unpack in that trade. The money is spread out between three different teams, which I always find a little bit interesting and confusing. I'm going to need Frank to like break that down Both for me bit, one day.
1: Well, one team takes 50. Yeah. And then another team can take 50. Mm-hmm. So then the team who ultimately receives him, Dallas, is only having to have 25% of his cap hit um, against their cap because they didn't yeah. have to get him in alone. It costs the Devils about. $290,000 in actual cash. So mm-hmm. they really bought a fourth round pick for $290,000 is the way that that breaks out in real cash. What they're going to have to pay Chris Tanev
0: and the people saying, why would the devils do this? They're trying to butter up Calgary for hopefully a potential trade to maybe get Jacob. That, listen, that, or that, that, oh, yeah.
1: Listen, yeah. Fit, Fitzy really might've said, look, we'll do you a solid here because we, you know need to do you to do us a solid on on a Markstrom deal um it's been a couple of seasons for for the the Jersey Devils as much as we want to blame Lindy Ruff he's never had an NHL goaltender for 2 years he really hasn't i mean you look at the playoffs last year they they had to switch goalies and they had to play a guy who really barely played in the NHL so but we don't have to go too deep into that he, here's where i want to what i want to talk about with this whole Dallas and Tanev situation is, is that, you know, I I personally thought Tanev for a first round pick was absurd. I really Mm -hmm. did. I do not think Chris Tanev is, is a top pair defenseman in the NHL. I think he's a, he's a solid second pair defenseman. There's a huge difference though, between a guy that goes out and plays 25 minutes against the other team's top players and a second pair defenseman. Um, Look, I'm not saying Tanev won't get a chance, up on that top pair with uh, uh, Miro in and then kind of push everyone else down a little bit. Um, but, you know, I just thought this was an appropriate return. I really did. I, I didn't think, Uh, Dallas had to, you know, sell off and mortgage the future for, you know, a middle of your lineup defenseman. He definitely brings a lot of physicality. You know, I kind of refer to him as a two-way guy. That's probably not completely appropriate. He's, he's more of a defensive defenseman, but he does Mm -hmm. have skating ability. He can make a first pass, but not a ton of offensive upside. There's no, no, but but when you call a guy two-way, that doesn't mean they have a ton of offensive upside. That just means that you know they're not this big slow guy like he can get up the ice he can transport the puck with his feet um he can get himself out of danger but he's a simple first pass defensive first type of guy which you know maybe that'll complement Miro Heiskanen um a little bit better i like that they pulled the trigger on it now get him in as soon as you can um and and start working through the differences in defensive zone coverage and and whatever else you need to do they'll they'll when you trade for a player, I mean, he'll get in there today and and uh, they'll start showing him clips. Mm. You know, they'll they'll get him in for practice or or if they I don't know, are they on the schedule tonight Dallas? Um I don't, probably. Guess. I would imagine I do. No, I actually don't see them on the schedule tonight. Oh yeah, they are. They play yeah. Winnipeg. So, I bet you they'll throw Tanev right in. They'll show him a little video before the game. They'll have him in the PK meeting again, not, you don't want to overdo it, but you just want to give them some basic guidelines. Like that's how it works. When a player gets traded, I've been traded. I've, I've had players traded while I was actually up in the NHL. We traded for this guy, O'Byrne, a defenseman. And I kind of remember how they brought us all together, the decor, and they kind of showed us a bunch of stuff even together. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how they'll, they'll try to drag him into things. But again, like, I think a first round pick would have been crazy for Chris Tana. So I, I, I found this to be a very, very solid deal. I would say for, for all sides.
0: Has your opinion on the stars changed at all?
1: Um, Like to I mean, me, listen, they're not
0: that much scarier than they were yesterday. Yeah. I mean, look, good. they're so good.
1: Think they, they, get, they get a little bit more sandpaper on the back end, which I think helps you come playoff time. Um, they get a guy who's been around, you know, look, physicality is just so important this time of year. Um, and, and so, or as you roll into the playoffs, it gets heavier, it gets more physical. Um, so yeah, do I think they got a little bit better? Sure. Do I think they went from, you know, a good team to a phenomenal, great team? No, like I, and yeah. they're already a really good team. I mean, they're one of the the better teams in the league this year. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, look, it, it, it felt like a good move for both sides. I think the empty netters guys, actually your boys we're celebrating pretty hard yesterday. And I was watching one of his, one of a, one of the posts he put on Twitter. It was pretty funny because he was talking about how, you know, we're humble. We don't glow. We didn't, we, we wouldn't know what it's like to be raw. Like it was very sarcastic. Um, yeah. and it was pretty funny because I, I assume they've been saying that Tanev is not worth a first round pick, um, for all this time. And, and you know, question that I have for you though now, Johnny, um, is if if that's the return for Tanev, then like what's Noah Hannafin, what's that trade gonna look like? And what does that do to the market for Sean Walker? Um, what does that do to the market for Nick Sealer? What does that do to the market, you know, for these defensemen that are are, you know, not as regarded a- as Tanev is. Um you know, and, and I almost wonder if that settled the market into it not being a bizarre overpay type of year in the trade deadline.
0: Well, okay. First things first, how how old is Taddev? Is he, he's like 30s, right? Maybe 33. He's a, rental, Johnny, he's a rental, Donnie. He's a rental. Yeah. But, but his age though, too.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, a, he's probably up in that area. Like I, I, I
0: expect a, 34 a bigger, years old. 34. Yeah, 34. I, I expect a bigger return for Noah Hannafin. Like, oh, you know, signi- well, significantly. significantly, significantly, though. Right. Like, but what I don't, but I don't think it changes much for Steeler and Walker. Like, I think Hannafin is probably the biggest name. I mean, I don't think there's an argument Not about probably. that. He is yeah, the biggest yeah. name. Yeah. The biggest name amongst defensemen. So and, then let me
1: ask you, what yeah. is he worth in your opinion? If Tanev gets you G- mm-hmm.
0: the deal, well, gets also, you- I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. So right now, Noah Hannafin's making 4.9 million a year what do you think like the ceiling is for the price that you would pay for, for Noah Hannafin? Like, is he a 5.5 defenseman
1: amount of money? Yeah. Yeah. He's probably a guy who's going to get north like, of 5.5. I think. North think of, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh my God. Yeah. I think Hannafin is, is well North of 5.5 on a long-term deal. um, and, you know, depending on if a deal can get done, look, mm-hmm. if he, if you can, if you can have an extension carved out, like Matthew Kachuk did, that mm-hmm. obviously raises his value immensely. Okay. Yeah. If it's a rental, then that, that changes things as well. Yeah. Um, But he has all the control because if they want to maximize the return, it's got to come with an extension. So he can kind of choose where he wants to go in that regard. So let me ask you again. Yep, yep. let's say he's coming with an extension. Mm-hmm. What do you believe Noah Hannafin can fetch the Calgary flames?
0: Pro- I mean, definitely a first round pick. Uh, I would say I'm trying to think of the team that I would have in mind. Like if I'm thinking Tampa, I mean, I don't know what they have picks wise. Do they have picks. So just forget. Don't, don't make okay. it as specific. Right. A first round pick, probably a pretty solid prospect and maybe like a current Bottom six forward, or or, or you know a, a lower parity. Okay. What do you think? Is that fair?
1: I mean, that's. I think that's in the ballpark, but maybe low. Yeah. I think if you're getting Noah Hannifin, with there's like a,
0: one more per, like one I more thing if, involved.
1: Listen, I think if you're getting Noah Hannifin with an eight year contract extension, um, mm-hmm. I, I could see you know a first a, a top prospect type of player. Um and then maybe a, a decent roster player like I, I mean look that's
0: well, kind of like yeah bottom six do, that's do, a decent do, roster player no
1: do, do, well you said bottom six um may, maybe there's a first and a second round pick involved like I don't know because mm-hmm. Noah Hannafin's a defenseman he's younger he'll come with years and extension
0: he's not that young though like he's he's twenty seven like he's in his
1: twenty seven you know, is when a defenseman has you know that's that's but, but it's a not a great like, time. He, That's a great time like to sign his
0: prime age. It's not well, like Well, 27
1: to 32 is usually where you see defensemen in the NHL really flourish um with their maturity and and their ability to 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 become dominant NHL defensemen. But what are so, we calling
0: 27 like young in the NHL?
1: We're not calling it young, but for a defenseman, is a
0: young defenseman?
1: I'm saying that he is heading into his prime, 27 to
0: 32. So you said before, you said he was a young defenseman and I said he was in his prime. He's a
1: young, he's not 30, he's not 31, he's right. not 34, he's 27 years old, okay? A defenseman, best years, you see guys between, let's say even 26 and 32. So you're talking about a guy who's 27 years old, you're going to sign him to eight years of an extension. Five of those years could be the best years of his
0: career. That's so scary when you think about Cal McCarr, who's 25. <laughs> but he's
1: not, he's the exception. He doesn't no, but really, I'm saying. No, I'm saying, I'm saying it's scary to think that when he gets
0: to 27 I and mean, 32, what he'll but be, but
1: he's been the most dominant defenseman in the NHL already. Like
0: that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The potential he's, is even scarier. He's,
1: he's not a, he's not like a rule guy. He's the exception to like normal C's. I don't think you getting, getting what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm getting like, what you're saying. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, <laughs> so that's for Hannafin. Um, I wonder what it does for for those two flyers defensemen who I hear are asking their agents are asking for way too much money in contract extension. I heard sealer is 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 a little bit unrealistic in what he wants. Um, I think Walker still ch- you know chases you the best pick. but like I don't see Walker getting you anything better than a second round pick. And honestly, I, I, sealer to me, maybe he's a th- worth a third. I, I don't really know, but if they want unrealistic money, you're better off getting a third than, than nothing because you're not giving him an unrealistic contract.
0: What is Steeler asking for? I heard
1: he's asking for somewhere like north of $3 million a year, which I think is crazy. What? Crazy. He's, not even, he's not even making a million. I'm just letting you know. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hearing the ask has been from his camp. It's been unrealistic.
0: Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Try to get the guy some money. I mean, he's, he's what? He's, he's 30? 30? Yeah, he's 30. He's 30 years old. So he's probably trying to make his money now. Um and yeah did you see Matt Dumba apparently is being talked about as well uh yeah, out in Arizona that's, his that's name has been is being, going on yeah float around there but yeah. who's going to take him Yeah well uh, it depends I
1: mean it depends what they want what they're what they're willing to settle for I think with Dumba they're looking for a first round pick um I think that's too much I Not hope the happen. Leafs don't do that um but I do think look I think if the Toronto Maple Leafs and I saw them do this last year with um Jake McCabe and with uh, Sam Lafferty, they gave up a first and a second for those two, um, which is a little bit of an overpay, but at the time that's what the market dictated. And I think moving on from Lafferty was really stupid to let him go to Vancouver. Um, But I I think if maybe the Toronto Maple Leafs could, could work out a package for both of those two defensemen. So Mm. maybe you kind of overpay because you're getting both of them. That could, that could add you know, some stability to the back end. It's not going to make their back end phenomenal, but it could add some serious stability for the back end. And from what I understand between, you know, Kevin Weeks and Nick Alberga and, you know, all these other people, the lease have been in on, on these yeah, defensemen, I saw um, that. They, they've been in on these defensemen. They've been trying to get, you know, Zadorov when that trade happened, Tanev now, So you can see what kind of players they're going after. They're going after defensive defensemen. You know, they're not looking for big puck, moving power play types of point producing defensemen. They, they want, you know, defensive responsibility and sandpaper on the back end. What do we, what do we got Johnny?
0: The things he has some funny comments in the chat. He said, Lafreniere and a first for Hannafin, you would call him daddy Laz. (laughs) And then and then he said Dumbo's a good rental, but not a first for Dumbo, which I agree with.
1: Yeah. And and I think the price is pretty high on Scott Lawton <laughs> as well. Um, and I don't actually think he'll end up getting moved, Scott Lawton. I, I don't. don't um really I, I just don't because I don't think they're gonna get their asking price. And and you know, I believe Danny Briere saying, like, we're content keeping him, like he's got a really reasonable salary number. Um, he he's, he's a good leader in the dressing room. He's a, he's a good role player that can play up and down the lineup for the flyers. If there's injuries, which they have had the injury bug lately. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe, you know, I just, my gut says, no, it doesn't mean it won't happen obviously. Cause like I said, the right offer has to come along, but what I know right now is the offers aren't coming. They're not mm-hmm. coming. They're not impressive. They're not um, raising the eyebrows in Philly for any of those three players yet. That could change, but yet they're, they're, it's been very quiet. The GMs that I've kind of kept in touch with, um, they've all said things have been pretty quiet so far.
0: Well, Pat Verbeek was at the Ranger game last night, walking around the press box. That got a lot of buzz. Um, so the ducks Can we what? talk
1: about that actually for yeah. a second. Yeah. yeah. So like, I- well, Singzi said, why are the Flyers selling? They have a chance this year. Well, they're selling
0: so they, I can get a free catch dinner from Kobe.
1: They don't have a chance at, at winning. And at the end of the day, winning the Stanley Cup um is, is the goal, not making the first round. So are they a Stanley Cup team? No. They are definitely not a Stanley Cup team. Travis is injured right now. Drysdale's week to week. Who knows with that? Um, you know, so I I think the flyers have to think about their future. They can't think about today that that's, that would be a a mismanagement in my opinion of their plan. You, you gotta stick to your plan if you want it to be successful. Um, I think Singzi actually just goaded me into talking about this because he, he wanted to hear us go, go into our bet because now he's laughing at me, at me in the chat. Um, so You know, I I just think you've got to stick to your plan. Outliers, especially when you're in a rebuild, that's how you get yourself in trouble. You you really you have to to stay stay on the program. Mm
0: -hmm. And uh, this brings us into a guy that we talked about on Tuesday with Frank. Who, you know, there was no conversation about a trade, an extension. There was no sign he wanted to stay in Vancouver. But now, all of a sudden, yesterday, Elias Pettersson being talked about being close to an eight year contract extension. Uh, you know, haven't heard much, I guess, since this initial tweet from Frank last night at 7:45. but I'm sure that's going to be something that people are paying attention to today.
1: So here's my question for you is, is what's the number going to start with? So we know um, it's going to be, if it's going to be eight years, yeah. what's, what's the number
0: 11, 11.5. Okay, how
1: about this? Let's go 11.5 and I will take the over and you can have the under. I'll even give you 11.6 and I'll take the over and you take the under on that.
0: What do you think it's going to be?
1: Listen, I asked you a question. You gave I'm, your I'm, answer. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm just asking you what you think it's going to be. I just want to know, are we agreed upon to take the bet? Are we, can we agree upon the bet? And then I'll give you my number. I don't I, have to take the bet. That's why I'm asking. Can we agree upon the the bet, and then I'll take I'll t- I'll tell you my number.
0: What's the bet? How much are we betting on it? Just gentlemen. Don't have to bet much. We can bet. Okay. How about we bet twenty bucks? Deal. 20, 20 bucks. bucks. Eleven, 11. Six. six. I have the under.
1: You have the under. I'll take the over. Eleven six is a push. I think it's well into the twelves. By the way, you do. Um, oh yeah. I think I think you're top. Ta- I think Pedersen has played this negotiating leverage wise, incredibly well. I think he's going to get 12 plus a year. And I think he's going to get shitloads of signing bonus money up front. Um, I think he he's going to be basically writing the contract exactly how he sees fit. He's going to have all the no move, no trade. I mean, the value of his contract is going to be, it's going to be really big. Um, I think it's going to be probably 12 and a half would be my guess Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly think we're going to see major, major, major signing bonus numbers for him because I just think he can dictate it all. And he's going to say, I want my cash. I want it upfront. I want it. You know, he'll. we could see potentially we could see like low salary numbers every year and high, high signing bonus numbers every year. That's kind of, um, what I think. And, um,
0: but they also have other contracts coming up like Heronix Adorov, uh, I think they're Brett Besser has like one more year left. Brett Besser rock.
1: Um, but remember the, the, the cap going up. The cap, is, the cap is going to continue to go up. I don't think Lindholm is, is in the future <laughs> plans. Okay. I they don't have a
0: terrible better, which is true.
1: <laughs> I don't think that he's in, in the future plans. Um, mm-hmm. but again, you know, we we you have to remember the cap is going to go up. So twelve and a half million dollars with the cap going up is probably closer to what eleven million or eleven and a half million was this year or last what's he year. He or, making right
0: now, he's making seven point three.
1: Yeah, so he's gonna he's 5.3 gonna 5.3 five. He's gonna get a nice payday. He's gonna get mm-hmm. a nice payday. Um, he really is. He's 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 that good. And, uh, we're going to see what happens. We'll see if it comes out today. Um, but he certainly, he certainly played the leverage that he had and, you know, gave himself the opportunity to have whatever he could have wanted. Um, he could have taken a short-term deal and bet on himself, but the NHL is locked into this TV deal. What are we in year two or year three of the new TV three. deal? Just three, three, three. So there's four more years left in this TV deal right like it's not like this is this is changing significantly anytime soon so we'll see rises for the cap and i don't think we're going to see meteoric rises i don't think it's going to jump 20 30 million dollars like the nfl cap did this year mm-hmm. i think i saw it was like the biggest single year um rise in in cap that the nfl has had um their revenues just go through the roof i'm guessing taylor swift probably has something to do with that um so um We'll see what happens with Pedersen, you know? And also, like the fact that you're saying Zadorov's getting signed has
0: anything to do with how. Oh, well, no, that no. But there's just, Peterson there's other contracts that kind of Vancouver has to take care of as well. It's not like, you know, they're going to have some cap things to shake up. Like they're a team now that's winning hockey games that's going to want to compete for a Stanley Cup. And I don't know if they're going to want to pay one guy so much money when they want to build a team that can go all in, in the playoffs. So you wouldn't pay him 12 and a half million? No, I, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't pay him. I think he's worth that. But I think to spread it out with your team to win, like Vancouver's never won a Stanley Cup. Their organization has never won. And All right. Think, so what would you so tell me how you'd handle it? I think the eleven point five range is perfect.
1: I, so I think, you think that low you
0: ball, think? I don't think that's not lowballing him. That's not uh, you know, paying too much for him. I think that's what he's worth. So then let me ask you this. And that's mm-hmm. that's
1: your opinion. Yeah. Um if he said I'm not taking eleven and a half and i want 12 and a half mm-hmm. um, what are you doing if you can't come up with an agreement over 1 million dollars a year on your salary cap yeah, well no, I, do you-
0: I i think vancouver's priority should be to make him happy um and i think you de- you definitely then give him the 12 but you know maybe okay but uh, what would you do am you i know- underestimating am i underestimating 11.5 million dollars is that maybe on me
1: well i mean what did willie Nylander get
0: uh that exact amount pretty much, no?
1: Eleven and a half million. I mean, and do 11, you th- and and yes, he got eleven and a half yeah, million. I'm yeah. saying yes. Do you think that Pedersen is a better player than um Nylander? And don't forget Pedersen's a center. Okay, yeah. we have a higher value on that. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, yeah, like,
0: yeah. No, I, th- I think I think better if, than Nelander. If yeah.
1: you're in the ballpark with him and you're saying 11 and a half, and I'm saying 12 and a half you're not talking about a, a very big difference. It's not like the Canucks are thinking nine and a half and he's thinking 12 and a half And we're at a three to $4 million Delta on the cap. We're talking about a million dollars here. Okay. <laughs> so I, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think that, that, uh, that would be a very smart thing to do with it, with a, that type of talent, at the center. I mean, that's a number one center. Yeah, they can, they can't afford hockey. to
0: lose him, they, they, they can't afford to lose him, but they also have to, they have to keep pieces around him, you know, but that's, but that's what is
1: that time one? Time. Is that $1 million when the cap's going up a bunch? Like, is that really like, cause you, you keep saying that. So I'm just mm-hmm. wondering like, what, what, what are you doing then? If, if you're not like that $1 million, maybe you can spread that up to what two players, an extra 500,000. Like, is that, Again, is that really making a difference on your Stanley Cup team?
0: Or it's keeping Heronic with Quinn Hughes, you know, something like that. Because they want to keep that that pair together for the most part, I think, no?
1: I mean, I think they like that pair.
0: Yeah, they're happy. They
1: they traded for Heronic, so I I think they like that pair.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's it's just, you know, that's where my brain initially went, and I'll take that under 11.6. I think... You know he he's worth the eleven to twelve point five range. I'm not saying you know I'm I'm not discrediting Elias Pedersen. I think he's.
1: No, I don't think you are. Yeah. I, we're just working yeah. through it.
0: Uh, you know. Yeah.
1: I, you know I think you. Sure. I think you said something, and then I think the wheels started turning, and I think you're you're realizing that you're you know
0: you're the you probably. Well, the money is also different now than than what it was. You know, like Austin Matthews signs what thirteen point two. That that's what he signed for. Something like, up there. Yeah, like I, you know, it's just, I guess I'm not used to talking about this much money, you know, like we've seen Crosby in the seven and eights, or, or, you know, like McKinnon in what he's 10, 11. Well, listen, here's
1: what you have to remember something. You always have to look at when a player signs. You know, for a while, the Bruins were getting all those team friendly $6 million deals because they just happened to be up. And that's what the market value was at the time. It's all about, market value at the time versus the cap, um, versus team needs what's available. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think that, um, we're going to start seeing these numbers more and more, uh, Vic, I can't think off the top of my head, but what's the cap going up next year? Roughly, is it going up 4 million next year? Is that, is that what I, I, think I remember? Was the number. Yeah. I, I a, for whatever reason like the number four is sticking out in my head, um, so that I believe it's good. gonna go up four million and then it's gonna go up another couple of million. And every time it goes up, you know, it doesn't help the lower, you know. Let's say there's a three-tier system in the NHL, the upper, the middle, and the lower class, right? Of 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 how guys are paid in, in that league. Like mm-hmm. it's not gonna the extra money's not necessarily going to the low the lowest class. You're still gonna have your your rookies at 925, your league min guys at 750, 800 the money's going to go to the top, the top, it's going to go to those players at the top. Um, it's going to go. The cap's going to go from 83, five up to 87, five next year, up 4 million. That's the estimate. Um, so I think Johnny, you're going to have to get used to seeing superstar players. Now are going to be 12 and a half plus, you know, yeah. Yeah. Gonna set the market with this extension. Nylander, he kind of set, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm a high end winger in the NHL. Um, I'm i I'm a guy who puts up massive amounts of points. Um, and, and he set his, that position at 11 and a half Pedersen's going to go say, all right, I'm not Austin Matthews. I'm not Connor McDavid, but I'm pretty freaking good too. Here's mm-hmm. 12 and a half. And that's, you know, look, when agents negotiate contracts with GMs, they send comparables, um, player comparables. Here's what this player got. Here's why their numbers are the same. My players signing this contract the next year. So I should get him another $500,000 million, whatever it may be. And that's, that's how these guys negotiate.
0: Yeah. So based on newer found knowledge, I think my bet is not a very safe one. And I think 12 would probably be the minimum for Elias Patterson.
1: All right. So do you want to move? Do you want me to let you move to 12? No, no, no.
0: I'll, I'll own it. I'll own
1: it. I'm happy to um, go to 12 and call that the push line. Cause that's how okay, confident but, I am in 12 and a half.
0: But to bring in another player too, who I'm curious about. And I, and I don't think he's on the same level as Elias Petterson. Let me just put that out there right now, but he's proved himself over the last two, three seasons, Sam Reinhardt. What numbers he looking at right now? He's a center.
1: Yeah. It's a good question. Um, you
0: know, like if we're talking Elias Patterson's 12.5 or whatever. Well, can you, can you tell me what
1: his goal production has been the last couple of years? Cause I remember the last time I looked at this and I feel like he's a consistent 30 goal guy in the NHL, right? And he's about right. to have 40 right now. Right. I know that, yeah. but I just, I'm, I want to, I want to know consistency, right? I want to see that he's done it every season. We talk about so, this. You and I argue about this all yeah. the time. There's always outliers in guys careers but you got to always remember sort of the law of averages, right? Like um, what has a guy been his whole career over the course of the 300 and 400 games? Yeah. He might have a a standout season, but you know, a lot of those guys have that one year, but then they they go back to kind of who they are.
0: So this is now his third season in Florida, his first season. He had 33 goals, 82 points in 78 games last year. He had 31 goals, 67 points in 82 games. And this year he has 39 goals, 68 points and 59 games.
1: So basically he's had 20, he's, he's had 25 goals a year.
0: Probably Um, a 90 point guy this year. A a couple of years, years.
1: a couple of years, he didn't have his 25 goals. At least he, he missed some games. And then you're right. The last three years, 33, 31, 39. Like what's the number? I think the the number score this year,
0: the number from him,
1: You feel very safe if you're a GM with Reinhardt that you're buying 30 goals. You're buying 30 goals at least. He might have 45 this year, um, but the last three years, he's a 30 goal scorer. That's to me, that's not just an outlier. So if I'm a GM, that number probably starts with a nine to me is what I would guess. Probably nine and a half, something like he's that.
0: 6.5 right now.
1: I, I think he's becomes a nine and it it, it depends like, um you know I, I think nine and a half million bucks something like that because look you're buying 30 goals i think 30 goals is worth nine and a half million the cap's going up four million um maybe he gets a little bit more i don't think he should but maybe i don't know it's, listen teams always overpay in free agency like rarely do those contracts in free agency um fully fully work out so yeah that that would be my guess because that's what i'm saying you're you're buying 30 goals um, a season and and a GM is sleeping good knowing they're buying 30 goals and and feeling like that that's a good investment for your team. All right. So we've got we've got nine. we've got someone in the chat that says Vep, Vepsis says he should get above Horvat money. Um Elias McCracken, Miller 81. Eight eight, right? What'd you say? Horvats eight by eight. Something like that, I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um and I agree with you on that, Vebsis, because look, you also have to look at the time. Horvat signed his deal. Was it last year? And eight
0: point five. He's at
1: eight and a half and he signed last year. And now Reinhardt's gonna sign anytime now, maybe. Probably not any time, probably this summer, right? Mm-hmm. Um he's probably gonna go to UFA, you know, so July. So he, said, uh,
0: he was actually on chick yesterday, which is why I brought his name up and he said he he knows he wants to stay there and they know he wants to stay there.
1: Yeah. And so maybe he gives them a team friendly deal because you got to remember in the state of Florida, there's no income tax. So that that's, that's substantial amounts of money. I remember when Stamkos was thinking all those years ago of maybe going to Toronto, when he signed that big extension, they were doing the numbers and he basically like he could sign for like two or 3 million per season less and make the same amount of money in Florida as he would have made in Toronto based on taxes. So Hmm. Um, Chad Cole he, just said
0: the same thing.
1: Yeah. Like he could, he could take less money to be in Florida, um, and, and not pay state income tax and, and, you know, live in the great state of Florida, which seems like a place everybody wants to be these days. Um, so yeah, that'll be an interesting one this summer. Um, it's hard to see though, how other teams aren't going to come in and make big you know, maybe bigger offers to him. And, and, you know, it's, I think, I think it's going to get pretty competitive for him.
0: Yeah. But it's going to be so tough to outcompete Florida with what they've done over the past three years with him being there, you know, his first year there, they win the president's trophy. Yes. They get swept by Tampa, but like he's done nothing but win hockey games since he's been there. Plus you add the aspect of living in Florida. I mean, I watch videos of these guys all the time, driving their golf carts to the rink and shorts and flip-flops going to play hockey. Then they go back home, play golf. Like it's just, the lifestyle for a hockey player out there seems to be, you know, better yeah. than than anywhere else. Um, maybe unless you're in LA living, Tampa, you know, Tampa's Beach. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the guys <laughs> but, love it in Manhattan Beach. All right, so let's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You want to tee it up, or you want me to tee up? Because I'm fucking, I'm hyped up for this. Well, all right. Oh, here. You tee it up, but we want to hear from people yes. that are in the chat right now on this one because we're going to talk about this for a couple of minutes, and we do want to get. Um, we do want to get all your opinions on, on this topic as well. And if you are going to drop a name in the chat here, give us some reasons why. Mm -hmm. All right. Because we, we, we're curious what you think on this. Um, and you know, we, we want to hear from you. So, all right, go ahead, Johnny. I'll give you the floor on this one and I won't interrupt you at all.
0: Thank you. So our producer Vic is a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan and he was squirming last night watching Zach Hyman score his 40th goal of the season so he said over the last couple years who's the most improved player in the nhl because zach hyman (laughs) he just zach hyman with the leafs you, you would have never expected him to score 40 he still is the same type of player but now he's scoring goals consistently so you know that got colby and i thinking i have one defenseman and one forward in mind of who my most improved players are over the past and we're talking like Two, three years, not just last year or this year, um, in the NHL. So, do you want me to go first, Colby? Well, let me or, you, or can, we- you.
1: No, you can go first. Um, okay. But I just want to address Elias McCracken in the chat here really quickly because he's talking about the four and a half million dollar gap between Miller and Elias Pedersen, and okay. he's wondering about the dressing room and and how that could help or hurt. And you just have to remember something is and and I know Danny already said this, it's Danny may 88 said this, but first off age does matter. It's a huge factor, but B time when, when I say time, I mean the timing of when a player signs, you know, when, when Miller signed, we were basically living this flat cap, you know, situation where there was no money moving around the marketplace. Okay. Nobody had any money. All the teams were up against the cap you know, we had the COVID issues where the cap was supposed to go up. So contracts were signed and then obviously it didn't. Um, so now we're, we're out of that. And, and the market is booming. Revenue is booming. TV money is booming. The cap's going up 4 million. It's probably going to go up another four to six the year after that potentially. So I think timing is, is impact, you know, is so important in these conversations and that's why I don't think it becomes a problem in the dressing room whatsoever between a guy like JT Miller and Elias Pedersen. So that's the last thing we're going to say about that. Cause Johnny wants mm-hmm. to go into his, his most improved player. Um, I'll let you go first, Johnny, go on ahead.
0: Well, we have two names already, but neither person said why. I mean, I, I know why, you know, The first one I saw was pizza sports guy, Tage Thompson, most improved, which is tough to argue with because Tage went from, you know, not producing many points to basically being a high 30s, you know, even high 40 goal scorer. This year, he hasn't been as good. He had some injury battles that he's dealing with. Um, You know, he's, he's certainly one that comes to mind. And honestly, when a lot of younger prospects aren't panning out, like I've actually, I'm not trying to make this about Lafreniere at all. I promise he's not even in my most improved category, but so many people were like, uh, you know Lafreniere, he could have that Tage Thompson effect where he didn't have it together right away, and then all of a sudden explodes. Like I think Tage Thompson has become sort of that uh, poster child for for late bloomers. You know if that makes sense. Um, but Tage wasn't the guy that I had in mind. Uh, and and Braden Latour said Robert Thomas, who's a good one. But Robert Thomas to me has been you know maybe the, the points are starting to to show a little bit more, but he's been a really good player in in my opinion um but a guy that i think has completely jumped in the last 2 to 3 years and part of me hates that i'm saying this but part of me like loves watching him play it's just the fact that i'm going to talk about a new jersey devil devil fans i know we're going to you know let me hear it but it's it's a compliment to them um so i know singsy will love this i know the brat pack will love this because to me it's Jesper for brat who was you know a 30 point player uh in his first couple seasons and then now has doubled his point total basically for three straight years. Like he was in the low to low thirties to mid thirties. And now you're seeing this guy basically be a point of game player. Uh, you know, he's North of 70 for, for basically three years in a row. I think, you know, had Jack Hughes not gotten hurt this year, I think he'd be flirting with the 80, 85 points. Um, but, you know, I watched the New Jersey devils play and Jesper Bratt stands out to me almost every shift. He's one of the most elite. Not, uh, 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 not going to say, it. I'm going to take that back. One of the better playmakers in the NHL. He, he's so uh, you know, shifty, elusive. Like the, these two together, watching Brat and Hughes play together, the the smaller forward that's so shifty, their their east west play is so tough to defend. Um, and to me, Jesper Brat is, you know, over the last two three seasons, like you know, this is a guy we're talking about didn't have more than sixteen goals, didn't have more than thirty five points, and you know. Two years ago, seventy-three points. Last year, again, seventy-three points. This year, already has sixty-one points. You know, I, I think he's found that level of consistency to be talked about as uh, one of the better forwards in the NHL.
1: Okay, I I I think that's a pretty good one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you caught yourself using the E yep. word. Yeah, I think we we have to be careful on this show using the E word because um, I will be ready to call you out and and come e after word. you for for yep. dropping it. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, how could you not go with laugh? I'm also laughing at Jeff M, who said Montador, and then he realized that Montor. Yeah. But I do that too, FYI. I've actually done that, um, doing a calling a, a, a game on the radio oh, for really? like, Westwood. I called the Montor Montador, so I've done that too. You know, I think Quentin Byfield, um, Brandon Latour put that in the chat. I think that's an interesting one. I think I was—I was just going to say—I yeah. think it's too premature. Yeah. I think Byfield has is, is definitely had some some flashes this season. This is like his
0: breakout year,
1: um, and he's looked more consistent, more dominant at times. Um, but I—I I don't think I think maybe in in another eight, twelve months, maybe that that would be a more appropriate conversation. So I think that's early. Um, for me, it's it's Noah Dobson, um, and it it's uh, uh, I can do it. it it's funny because you know it's actually something that I I've agreed with the way that they've handled Noah and the way that they've broken him into the NHL and kind of goes back to Barry Trotz um you know Noah was in and out of the lineup his first year um it, he he was getting you know 13 minutes third pair second power play and they've really slowly brought him along it's like they've given him Five percent more every year until I think that they felt like they were finally ready to turn him loose. And and look, the last two seasons before this one, he was playing twenty minutes a night. Okay, and he did put up fifty points in those seasons, which is no slouch for a defenseman. Although on mm-hmm. especially you know, uh, you know, for 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 him, um. But I don't I, know. I are you
0: just trying to make up with the Islander fans after yesterday, or, or what? I don't think I have a
1: beef with Islanders fans. I think that there's a a couple of fans with, you know, that, that are a little too sensitive that there was a whole
0: YouTube reaction video to what you said about the Islanders yesterday. Yeah.
1: Well, like I said, you don't really want to hear what I have to say about those people, (laughs) but anyways, um, you, you know, now this year to me, he goes from playing about 20 minutes a night to 25 and he goes from, you know, second pair to first pair. And he's a he's a leader in the NHL and assists. And you watch him, um, you just watch the way that he's able to control a game from the back end at that mm-hmm. sort of Norris trophy level. Um, I think when they drafted Noah Dobson, I think the belief was that he could be uh, you know, maybe one of these franchise types of defensemens. they, they really did that. That was their belief. Um, and, and I have former teammates that work inside the organization in player development. Uh, they're around the team every day. Um, you know, and, and I know what their plan has always been. It's, it's actually something, like I said, I, I, I've, I don't really agree with much that Lou Lamarillo does, but I do think the way that they've sort of slowly, um, hand-fed Noah Dobson into the the role that he's become, and he's become a star and a dominant yeah. player. He's going to hit
0: 70, 75 points this year. Um, and Pizza
1: Sports Guy is saying, is Noah Dobson a franchise guy? Not yet. Not yet. But maybe, you know, may, maybe he is a franchise type of player. I, 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 he, he, he looks to me like he's trending in that type of direction. Um, and look, I, I do think I also want to give him credit um, and I also want to be really—I want to be really, be really um, transparent here. Noah is a friend of mine, uh, so I, I want to be transparent about that. Um, I spent a lot of time with him during COVID. Um, we were we were at the shore. He was living with Dennis Seidenberg at the time, and we all lived near each other down at the beach. So, um, like two minutes from each other, like walking. So, I really got to know him, and I—I I remember kind of listening to his frustrations when he wasn't getting the ice time and the power play minutes. And I know how frustrating that was for him, but to watch him sort of digest it all and then continue to build his game. And he's gotten a little bit, you know, stronger and he's, he's, he's filled out a little bit more. Um, I I just, you know, I, I do, I think he went from, you know, a, a good NHL defenseman to a guy who's, who's playing like a great defenseman and is, is teetering on the edge of being a backbone of an NHL team really you know, a guy you really can build around. You could build a decor around him. And they have a decor, um, you know, even though I hear they might be looking to make some changes on that decor. But you just have to give, give, give him credit. And to me, when you look at his progressions, um, he, he's showing you who he is, who he's becoming. And, and you know, maybe he does turn into a franchise type of defenseman. I think he was eighth overall. Um, yeah, I do. sounds right. Yeah, and you get drafted eighth overall. Like they're hoping there that you you are a number one defenseman, a, a true number one defenseman, which not every team has. Not mm-hmm. every team has a true number one defenseman. Um, and so we'll we'll see what he becomes. I mean, just out of curiosity to the chat, yeah. um, a, a specifically to Pizza Sports guy. Do you think that Dobson is, is going to be a franchise player? Do, do, do people in the chat think that he's trending in that direction? Like I said, not there, but trending that way.
0: So, okay. This one, this one uh, I'm curious to hear your reaction to this. I don't think Dobson... So, so there's a couple defensemen, I think, that are on their own level. You know, K- Kale McCarr to me is like a McDavid, right? Like everything Kale does is just a step above. Then you have like, you know, the Quinn Hughes, the Miro Heiskanen, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, and, and like those level of defensemen. And maybe, maybe I'm missing one, um, you know, in that level, in that tier. Yo, I think, did you is, say
1: Yossi? Did you say, Yossi? no, I didn't say,
0: I didn't say Yossi. I did not say okay. Yossi and Carlson. Do um, you think,
1: Yo- well, I don't think Carlson anymore, but do you, you don't think Yossi, I, I would put Yossi in that top yeah,
0: tier. Yeah. No, no, he's not in the
1: tier. I think McCar's like McDavid. He deserves to be, but I think McCarr gets his yeah, own, his own. Tier. I agree. And there's, then there's a group of them right under.
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm saying. But I think in years past, I would have called, and maybe this is that Ranger Homer. I would have called people crazy for putting Dobson and Fox at the same level. But I think this year Dobson deserves to be in that conversation.
1: He's in the conversation, but yeah. Fox is a Norris Trophy winner, and Fox has done it year after year now since
0: he entered the league. This year is I the think... first time where like someone says Dobson's on that same level, and I'm like, ah, you know what? Well, listen, Dobson's in the conversation for the Norris this year, and yeah. and
1: and Foxy well, really isn't. You know, well, is no, he? I,
0: I don't think either of them really stand a chance this year. I think it's, I been, agree. I'm yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. they're
1: gonna win, but I think yeah. if you're voting, I think Dobson's probably higher up your ballot this season. I think, than, Do- yeah, Dobson's over Fox. Fox
0: this year for sure. That doesn't
1: yeah. mean he's a better player. Fox has been doing it every year since he entered the NHL, yeah. Okay, I think Fox has had more inconsistencies this year in his game, um, but. Again, you win a Norris trophy. You do it year after year. I, I had, you too. Know, that's a good when one. you're, when you're not playing as well, that's the outlier. That's not who you are. Here's mm-hmm. another name that, that Kyle Shapiro, our guy Shaps, um, our, our, our favorite New Jersey Titans, uh, coach and goalie coach specialty man and grumpy specialty man. Um is asking about what about Josh Morrissey? He's talking about how Morrissey kind of had a similar rise as Dobson, but at an older age, and now he does look like a first pair defenseman the way that he's played the last couple of seasons in winnipeg. um and and i I would agree i I got to see Morrissey up close and personal a lot when I was in Chicago, you know, being central division uh, foes and mm-hmm. got to be between the benches and watch him. You know. I think the thing with Morrissey is he's really effective and he's good defensively, but I'm not sure he controls a game from the back end. Like when well, I had
0: one offensive explosive year last year and now it's you know he was yeah, what do you have? Up, 70, 75 points last yeah, year. Yeah, had a now? ton
1: of goals, everything was going in. But I just am talking those defensemen that you watch play and they just control the game. Like game breaker, they got the yeah. puck on their stick a lot. They're constantly making people miss. They bring guys to them. Then they move the puck. They put other guys in a great opportunity with the puck defensively, offensively breakout neutral zone. They end plays like they just control the game from the back end. um, And there's just, it's it's a small amount of guys that can do that in the NHL. It really is. There, there isn't a ton of them.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I know I said I had a forward and a defenseman in mind, uh, when I was thinking about most improved, and we were kind of talking about this before, do you, do you have another player in mind too? Like I, I wouldn't put. No, uh, I'm just Morrissey I'm just in, reading
1: the chat. I'd yeah. call Macar a franchise defenseman and Heiskanen, um, and Heiskanen and the tier below our number oh, one. Dalene Dobson
0: staline is a good one too. Dobson is on
1: his way there if he can keep his production. Uh, Fox still above Dobson. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Drew Dowdy. Drew Doughty's been a franchise defenseman for yeah. them. He's been a, he's been a guy like that for them. But, you know, look, Drew's 34 years old. Yeah. He's played a shitload of playoff hockey. He plays the game incredibly heavy and hard. He's slowed down. I mean, mm-hmm. he has, like, you can't deny that. So, um, but these are all great names. Yossi yeah. from Neil Fott. you know, Fadi Dalene is a good one. Darlene's not quite, He he's not in that, you know, first group that you mentioned, but he's probably in the next group, right? He, he's not in that first number, you know, couple, but he should be Darlene probably in the most improvement talk over the course of a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he really probably should. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, uh, You know, one name I'll throw out there too. That's, you know, some people probably will not even know who this guy is, but I got to watch it in Chicago was Alex Vlasic. I Mm. got to watch how much he improved from his first year in the American league to his first year in the NHL to now his second. um, And he looks all of a top pair defenseman in Chicago. Like when they get good, People are going to know who Alex Vlasic is because he is a big dominant defenseman back there, not flashy, not points, but his improvement, which I got to witness firsthand as he entered the pro ranks was incredible. And like I said, Vlasic looks every bit of a top pair NHL defenseman, like Mm -hmm. whatever star offensive defenseman in the NHL, they all need a Vlasic to play with them on the top pair.
0: So, to that point, this is the guy I wanted to talk about. And I saw a couple of people mention his name in the chat, and that's Gustav Forsling. Um, You know, so here's a comparison I kind of want to make, which you kind of just led me into. Forsling this year has, has really stepped up. I mean, we talked about Florida missing the playoffs potentially because Ekblad was out, Montour was out to start the year, and Forsling was the guy that they kind of leaned on to carry the load from the back end. And Forsling now, you know, since going to Florida from Chicago, he's you know, hasn't put up the most amount of points, but, you know, two years ago, 37 points, 10 goals, 27 assists. Last year, 13 goals, 28 assists, 41 points. This year, he's got nine goals, 19 assists for 28 points, but his plus minus is so strong. He's got a plus 39 this year, plus 19 last year, plus 41 the year before, plus 17 the year before that. But here's the thing about Gustav Forzing that, you know, I think is so interesting. His ability to like manipulate forwards. I've seen so many clips of him where, you know maybe you can help me with like the the defenseman kind of terms but the way he gaps up on forwards he doesn't necessarily like overplay them if if that's kind of the phrase i'm i'm trying to work on there but he'll like lead a forward in a certain direction and then make his move to take the puck away you know what i mean like he kind of steers the forward in a certain direction which is you know something that is hard for a forward to really control right because you kind of go where the open ice is but you don't know that the defenseman kind of wants you to go there
1: Oh well, um, Look, I think, I think Forsling
0: like other- I one more thing before you go in, because I, I there's one more thing. So I and and again, this might be a stretch. What you're let what just next time you want to talk, just raise your hand so you don't have to ask. OK, well, you, you always jump in. So I just think that Forsling is now entering maybe that like Devon Taves conversation where Devon Taves to me is so underrated for what like, I think he's not overshadowed by McCarr, but I think a lot. He of is overshadowed are. by McCarr. No, no, but, but there are some people. He's like,
1: the best defenseman in the history. The avs fans, game.
0: but the ABS fans would tell you that he's like insanely important to McCarr. But I think yeah, the typical the typical NHL fan might not recognize that though.
1: I, I don't know. I think Taves is a household name as an NHL defenseman. Like when Team Canada puts out its Olympics roster,
0: he'll be McCar's partner as he he'll should be. be on
1: it. You yeah, know what well, I mean? So McCarr's partner. So I don't I don't think that he's he's that underrated. He's just overshadowed. I don't think yeah. he's underappreciated, but look, when you play with the best guy at what he does, you're going to be overshadowed a little bit. So let let's go back to the, the Forsling conversation. Look, okay. here's the thing about Forsling. Forsling does as as good a job as any of these guys we're talking about at closing plays down early. Okay? Mm-hmm. He's not a defenseman that plays off a guy's hips. He uses his stick He's got good feet and he's a big, solid dude. You know, he's not a monster, but he's good size, right? Mm -hmm. And he closes plays down. You watch the way he'll steer a guy, like you said, using his feet and his stick, but he's got an amazing stick. It's all about using your stick to steer guys defensively and then not just being a hip shadower. I mean, I used to get yelled at for that all the time. Whether it was Chloe Julian in training camp or Bruce Cassidy or even Jack Parker when I was in college. They wanted me to close plays down quicker um, and close on guys quicker. And, you know, I brought up Alex Vlasic, who does such a great job with that as well, because he's so big and he's such a good skater. But Forsling does that, Johnny, and and your eyes are not lying to you. So so that's a it's a good observation. Um, and he he he's he gets the puck a lot. He doesn't have to defend in his own zone a ton, um, even though he plays against top players. Because you're right, he's got the feet to have a good gap. All right, he and and he closes plays off. He he doesn't back up. I I, you know, I talk to my my defense on the Titans all the time. Whether it's the junior guys, whether it's the the U18 guys, um, the U16 kids, like I'm always on them about closing plays down, having a good gap, active stick. stick. Don't let, it's not an active stick, actually. You want to have a quiet stick, okay? You don't want to be swinging left and right. (laughs) You want to have a quiet stick. You want to limit time and space. And then when you get an opportunity, you play through the guy, you close it down. You make sure your stick doesn't get lost so you can get a piece of the puck. And you, you end plays and, and that's what Forsling does really well. So, um, a lot, lot of good stuff in the chat here. A lot of people well, I well, just in. show this
0: clip though, while you're talking about that of Gustav Forsling, cause last week he had an unbelievable play defensively and then scored the overtime winner against Washington. Vic, can you rewind that? Yeah. W- watch this play at two on one. Like I, I well, feel hold like,
1: on a second, hold on. What? Let's go back then. Because like, that's not really what I'm talking about.
0: So no, we'll I know. I, this, know this, I know. I know. I know. That, that's actually, you know? I, I feel like he played this the wrong we're, way. We're
1: talking honest. three on three. It's a two on two. Now just go real slow. If you can, Vic, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I think is a bad a play, major actually. riverboat. Yeah. Gambler's chance right there because Alex Ovechkin is the dangerous player on the ice right now and he completely abandons him. This is not how I would teach that's, a guy that's
0: Tom, Wilson, to, Tom Wilson to
1: play a two on one. Oh, that's yeah. Wilson, not Ovi. Okay, yeah. so I can't tell who the puck carrier is right Sonny now. Milano. Okay, Milano. so maybe he identified Milano, maybe the puck was rolling. Um, and he plays oh, that. John Carlson, with, actually. I just want to be clear yeah, great play, great finish. Right. Like it worked, but that is not how you teach a defense no. to play a two on one. That's I, high risk, high reward. He got the reward yeah. there. But if, if Craig Doremus is watching right now, you know, who, who's the coach of the junior team the for the Titans, mm-hmm. um, he, he, that's not how he's teaching his defensemen. To play a two-on-one and three-on-three overtime, I guarantee you that much.
0: No, I, I agree. I, I I was always taught in college by by Greg Carville that on a two-on-one, you know, if I'm a defenseman and you could probably touch on this as well, you kind of want to take away the pass, let the goalie read the shooter, right? Because well, it's a pass- lot
1: more com- it's a lot more complicated than that. That's a very very basic. You know, look, you're a forward, okay? Yeah. So it's a that's a very we did
0: we did a drill like at. that. Every day, two on one with a back checker, and the amount of goals we scored on two on ones. I think the D had to like do down and backs, like for as many goals as we scored. Because when you have the back pressure coming, usually the back checker should take away the guy who's open for the pass, and right. Or no, just no, the, the back checker should some go toward the puck team, carrier Some puck teams carrier.
1: track the puck. Some teams yeah. track the weak side guy. Every team's a little bit different. Um, uh, every system is a little, you know, I personally prefer puck tracking, you know, track the puck, not the, not the other guys. So mm-hmm. look, I don't want to get into how to play yeah. a two on one as a defenseman. Cause that's going <laughs> to, but I'm just telling you your way of looking at it is a typical forward, um, oh, yeah. it's, it's very complicated. You're scanning the ice. You're identifying who's a righty, who's a lefty, who's a bigger threat. Is it a strong side puck carrier, or a weak side? There's so much that has to go on in your head to play against elite players on a two on one. We'll save it for a different show um, because I want to get into the games tonight a little bit. Um, and, you know, uh, before we do that, though, we do have to do our tweet of the night. Um, I'll let you read this one, Johnny, because you picked this tweet out, being the Ranger-Homer I didn't pick are. this tweet out. This so was pretty ahead.
0: picked out when read, I woke up this morning.
1: Read, read our tweet of the night.
0: So from Broadway Block, I've actually gone on their show before. They tweeted last night, Igor Shesterkin has more wins this season than the New York Islanders. And uh, if you're an Islander fan, that's got to hurt. So we were nice Islander fans today. We complimented Noah Dobson, and then we just stabbed him right in the back to end the show. What were you going to say?
1: That's it, and he split a lot of games with Jonathan Quick too. He hasn't hasn't played.
0: I actually tweeted something last night too that I thought was like very interesting, and and you know maybe whatever. Uh, I said the Rangers have forty wins, and there are nineteen NHL teams that don't even have forty power play goals. Is that like to me that was wild? But maybe it's not that crazy. No, nothing, no reaction. I mean there
1: are some teams in the NHL right now that are playing with American League rosters and their power plays are dreadful. So um I don't I mean, yeah, there's good teams and then there's bad teams. The Rangers are uh they look like an elite team the way they're playing hockey right now. They look Sam like Reinhardt
0: have more power play goals than the Sabres.
1: <laughs> they they look like they're a team that could win a Stanley Cup this season. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you know, them doing things so much better than the Chicago Blackhawks or the uh, San Jose Sharks or whatever. Like that's not surprising to me. So um let's get into tonight's slate. Is it annoying to you that last night there's two games and tonight there's 12 games? Like why can't we have six games one night, six games in Like it's a, uh,
0: I feel well, like uh, the NHL
1: loves to swing and miss when it comes to
0: scheduling. I disagree because, you know, even though I didn't really watch last night, I, I caught the end of the Oilers game. um Cause I was at the Rangers game last night. The Wednesday nights are all about watching the TNT, you know, pregame game, intermission post game. Like I like that Wednesday nights are dedicated to TNT. Like, I think that's fun. It's, it's different. It's entertaining. Well, they only
1: had one game because now they're doing Wednesdays and Sundays. So but I don't, they, they were do doing the,
0: but they were doing the pregame better. stuff. You know, they were doing the pre-game stuff, which was nice. I think it started at like maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock. So it wasn't like too late it
1: Started at eight and then puck drop was at eight 30. So yeah, it was normal. Not, not too late. Yeah.
0: Um, no, Look, this,
1: anytime McDavid plays before 10 p.m. Eastern, it's, it's a Good night, it's a, yeah, it's a win. But I'm just saying, so two games one night, twelve the next. Like the NHL always does this. Take forget Wednesdays. They'll hmm. have a Friday night with one NHL game, and then there'll be 17 games the next day, yeah. or or vice versa. I well, just I wish they had more. They Sunday. Always do
0: this with scheduling. I wish they had more Sunday games. Now that football's done, um, you know, like dude, do, do you remember? Like, well, TNT is going to gonna
1: start having a national, it's going to yeah. start having Sundays um, like, and will be Saturdays. So we'll, we'll NBC, have we
0: the NBC afternoon game on Sundays. Do you remember those? Like that's what TNT is doing yeah, now that like, football's over with doc Emrick and like Eddie, they were like, they would like stand at like the Rockefeller center ice rink and like do like their pregame. Like that was way game. back in the day. Yeah. That was a long time ago, but I remember like, that was like, to me, the, 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 Flyers penguins. Like I always think of those two teams playing in like those kinds of games. Like, you know, those were, those were awesome, but yeah, hopefully now that, you know, Sundays are, are back with TNT that, you know, Sundays will be entertaining. So, um, but yeah, a, a lot of games tonight, um, you know, Boston and Vegas probably stands out the most. Uh, Winnipeg, Dallas, another good game. Let's see if Tana yeah. plays in that one.
1: Yeah. I I bet you they'll play them. I mean, unless mm-hmm. Like you never well, let's see. Winnipeg, Dallas. Um, You never know if there's going to be a um, a visa issue. Okay, so Mm. that that to me could be the only reason it could because when you're getting traded from a Canadian team to an American team, um, I've seen that, and so maybe he won't play. I I don't know. I haven't looked at Twitter, or we haven't gotten any word on that. But um, I do think that um, if he can, if there is no visa issues, I would assume he will play. Um, we'll see. Like, I, I, you know, who knows? But I think that Boston Vegas game, man, Boston's been like, I, you know, they've been interesting lately. They're losing a lot of games in overtime, they're blowing some leads in the third period. Um, you know, Derek Forbert missed a meeting the other day and got a healthy scratch. Um, I feel like you don't see that that often happening. Um, not in the NHL. Not, not anymore. Like it happens here and again, but so they're just, there's some shit going around with that team. You know, it it feels like, and they, they, they could use a statement win and look, always emotional for, for Bruce Cassidy, who coached the Bruins for a while, um, went to some, you know, went to the cup has a Stanley cup ring from being with the team in 2011. I mean, he was with the Bruins for the organization for like 11 or 12 years. So, um, I'm sure he always wants to win that game. You know, so we'll, we'll see like that. That should be a pretty good matchup. Um, look Islanders in Detroit tonight. Detroit's mm-hmm. on a six game heater right now. Um, and the Islanders are, are desperate for points. Pit in Seattle pits, desperate for points, Seattle doing everything they can to stay alive. I mean, I think if Seattle loses this game, they're probably sellers, you know, like, I feel like the next three to four, like, Maybe three three to six days will really determine on who's a, who's going to be a seller.
0: Um, oh, the next three to six days when the deadline's eight days away? You don't say.
1: <laughs> Fair. Um, <laughs> Come on. You've got the I toilet like bowl. The next Johnny, couple days just... until
0: the trade deadline starts is going to really determine whether they're a seller Are you,
1: Are you going to stay up and watch Anaheim San Jose tonight?
0: Definitely not. No. Okay.
1: Definitely um, not. Vancouver's lost five of their last six. They're playing LA. LA is kind of, you don't know what you're getting from them on every, any given night. So there's, there's, there's enough intrigue on the schedule tonight, but I think it's Vegas, Boston, Winnipeg, Dallas. I think those are, those are the big boy matchups um, in, in the NHL tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And uh, you know, like you said before a light night, tomorrow night, uh, three games, Friday. So if you want, you can tune in and watch Northeastern versus UConn. I'll be doing that game for Nesson. If Only wants people's to watch parents that. are watching that game. <laughs> anyone wants to watch some college hockey. But uh, no, that's I think that's going to wrap Nobody up. wants to listen. To you put them
1: to sleep on a broadcast, okay?
0: Okay. You have any final thoughts before we wrap it up today and for the week? Good job today, buddy. Good job. This was fun. You got this any dates fun. this weekend? Uh no, I'm actually, you know, I'm doing the game tomorrow night, Northeastern Yukon. Saturday, I'm actually playing in a, a breast cancer pond hockey tournament at Chelsea Pier from like eight to five. It's gonna be a really fun day. I could talk about it more on Monday. Um, it's for the iRise Above like Breast Cancer Foundation and uh, Northern Roots Love Hockey. That. Um, so it's a lot of fun. They have like a former NHL player uh play with every team. I'm actually playing with Morris Lukowicz, who played with the Winnipeg Jets for a long time. We were on the same team last year uh at this tournament. So it's a lot of fun. It, it raises a lot of money. And um, you know, I could try to talk more about it on on Monday. But they actually have me uh they did like a raffle for an Islanders game and they have me like picking the winner on like Facebook Live at the end of the day. I'll be like doing the like, you know, on the microphone like I'm the winner of the raffle is, you know. Um <laughs> it's that'll be fun. But yeah, it's gonna be going to be a good Are day. You a say it in that stupid voice. I don't know. I've never really done that. Like, do I just do my voice? Like, I feel like you got to like play it up a bit.
1: Yeah, I don't know. you'll figure it out in the fly. Yeah, but, just um, say, I'm Johnny.
0: <laughs> Wake up, and All right. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everyone uh, for getting involved from in the chat today. Great chat day today. Uh, we haven't had one of those in a while, so really appreciate it. And um, thanks to our producer Vic and Colby. You have something to say before we wrap it up? Nope. All right. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you on Monday at 9 a.m.